Welcome to the STR Data Lab. Hello and welcome to another edition of the STR Data Lab. My name is Jamie Lane, Chief Economist at AirDNA, and I'm joined today by two guests. We have Vinny Breslin, founder of Uplist Listing, and Demi Horvat, CEO of AirDNA. Demi and Vinny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Excited to be here. Hey, Jamie. So while I'm sure the so title has given away the lead, but we're here today to discuss AirDNA's latest acquisition of Uplisting, uh, one of the industry's premier property management systems. And we're really excited to welcome Vinny and the entire Uplisting team to the family. Vinny. Yeah, I'm delighted to join. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So maybe we can start with you uh, with just maybe a, a brief introduction of yourself and describe what Uplisting is for the listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Vinny, as you said, I'm one of the founders of Uplisting. Uh, I'm Irish originally. Uh, up until recently, I was based in New York and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal with my family. Uplisting, uh, what we say, Uplisting powers hospitality businesses and in particular short-term rentals. Uh, we're one of, as you mentioned, one of the top Airbnb software partners and processed roughly $400 million in bookings for our customers in 2023. That's great. So what led you to want to start Uplisting? Was there a specific pain point? Was there, what, what, what's that sort of founding story? Uh, yeah, we, um, I think, you know, in addition to running an Airbnb myself and staying in an Airbnb, I think like in 2013, fairly, fairly on, early on in the journey, I, myself, Andy and Tade, the three of us, we worked for an Airbnb competitor. Um, in London, in the UK, called Housetrip. And it was it was there, basically, where we realized the need for software like Uplisting. There wasn't um, a dedicated software for short-term rentals. There was, there was a number of them in the hotel space, but there was none for short-term rentals specifically. Uh, there's a lot more now, but there wasn't at the time. Um, so it was, it was there, talking to customers. Um, I had a product role within that company, and just talking to customers all day long and seeing their pain points and needs. You know, both on an individual level, but also on the the channel, the, the booking site level as well, their challenges. Um, it was clear that there was a, a need for software like Uplisting. So, can can you take us back to the room, sort of paint us a picture? Like, what year was it? What city were you in? What did the founding team look like? Yeah, see, it seems like a long time ago now. It's changed significantly, but it was around six years ago, maybe six and a half years ago in London. Uh, Andy, so. We, myself, Andy and Taddy were all living, um, or myself and Taddy were living in London, and Andy had always worked remotely from Leeds, um, where he's from. So we uh, we were in London, um, the three of us, uh, we started up this thing. So the idea, you know, we're like, okay, this is a real idea. And, and House Trip got acquired by TripAdvisor kind of in that time period. Um, so we were like, uh, we had an opportunity to kind of start something from scratch. So we decided to give up this thing ago and we were very conscious to make it a sustainable business and kind of bootstrap it effectively. So for the first couple of years, it was very much um, evenings, weekends, um, like running, we were running our product, like stand up effectively on a Sunday for two or three hours. But yeah, it started off as a sustainable kind of self-funded 
really focusing on building a product that had value. Um, I think when you're when you're self-funded, you really have to start making money as soon as possible. So you know, it really helps to focus the mind and focus the product that you're developing. Um, so yeah, first couple of years was very much side project, um, hoping you know, aiming to be a, a full-time gig and make something off of this thing. And, and then over 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 the years, we managed to do that. Uh, thankfully. So was there a point or a trigger that made you think that, okay, this is, this is actually working. Like this is, I'm going to turn this from a side hustle into a full-time gig. Yeah. I think we'd always, we knew it was going to happen at some point. It was, it was never going to just continue to be a side hustle. I don't think. Um, so we, we were, we were working towards it. Um, but you know, there's, there's these milestones you have. The first milestone is when you get your first paying customer who I still remember. It was, uh, uh, a one property manager in Canada um, who was paying like $5 a month. And they were, they were online. They were a customer for years, still on that original $5 per month kind of plan. Um, so, you, you know, you get your first customer, you're like, okay, people are willing to pay for this. And it's very bare bones. So we can definitely make this better. And we continue to grow. And, you know, just before COVID happened, um, we were, we were kind of on a roll and we were growing nicely and we brought in some marketing. We hired a Asia from Demand Maven, who still who still worked with us, we brought her in to help us with our with our marketing. And then COVID happened, and we thought the whole thing was gone, was dead. The first few weeks, we were you know it was, it was just I can't believe we've just gone and invested money in marketing, and now COVID's happened is an absolute you know disaster. Uh, but fairly fairly early on um, in COVID, maybe a few months in, I think by by October of that year, I can't even remember what year it was. It was, it was such a a blur. Um, by October of that year, the short term rental industry had obviously boomed um and very surprising at the time um and we basically were growing you know up to 10 percent month and month from that from that month onwards from that time onwards oh that's great uh i've got a bunch more questions about uplisting but i want to i want to bring demi into the conversation now because demi and we've talked about it in the past we've talked about it publicly that AirDNA was looking to acquire companies looking to grow uh, our footprint in the space so what are the, really the key elements that made uplisting a compelling choice for acquisition for Odina? It was an easy choice. It's a fantastic <laughs> business. And the opportunity to work with Finney and the rest of the team was too phenomenal. But I would say the kind of strategic benefit of the acquisition and why we were looking in the PMS space is when I think about AirDNA and what AirDNA has historically been very strong at, it's the early stages of someone's journey in short-term rental investing. So we have historically been great at helping people identify what markets are attractive for investment and helping them understand how much a property could earn as a short-term rental. But what we haven't been great at is everything that comes after that. We've sort of dabbled in price recommendations with the original version of our smart rates algorithm to recommend prices. But beyond that, the more operational tools just were not a strength of our product. Uh, and when I think about uplisting, I think going from that market research use case to making the investment decision to operating and optimizing a property, this acquisition opens up that part of the workflow for us and is really exciting, I think, for our customers because they can stick with one solution for more of the needs that they have in this industry. Yeah, so it's it's really bringing AirDNA and the AirDNA ecosystem from sort of property acquisition into property acquisition operations. Is that how you see it? Exactly. And I would say, of course, this accelerates our path enormously to be bringing uplisting into the fold. It has also been an area that we've been investing a lot in internal development. 
So with some of the changes that we've made to our smart rates to automate and create our dynamic price syncing tool, I think layering that type of functionality on top of the functionality that Uplisting offers is really where I start to get excited about what we can offer. And I would just add to kind of why Uplisting within this part of the market the things that stood up to me about uplisting, of course, are quality of the team. And that has only grown as I've gotten to know the team better as we've spent more time together um, since the deal closed. But the other piece is just in all of the conversations that we had doing our research and talking to customers of all the various solutions out there that we were looking at, what jumped out to me about the uplisting customer base is their raving fans. So the case studies are on the website. You can read them. They're real. And you have people who are talking about other solutions that they used for, in some cases, years, ended up running into problems where the stability was an issue. They were getting double bookings. They would reach out to customer support and nobody would get back to them. And when we spoke to Uplisting customers, they were truly raving fans of the product. They loved the tool. They felt like it was stable. There was a trust that had been built over the time that they'd been using the product. And that really jumped out as something that we wanted to be a part of and own. And that maybe brings up a question for, for me with Vinny of like, obviously the PMS space, property management system space is, is highly competitive. How do you describe it to people when and they ask sort of what, what makes uplisting different? Sort of what's the sort of key differentiation for why someone should use uplisting as, as opposed to any of the other offerings out there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. What, what I tend to say, and it, it almost sounds too simplistic, but I think it's, fairly, it's very simple what um, makes uplisting stand out from the competition. And number one, it's about reliability. Um, you need to trust the software you're using. You know, the PMS is the, the PMS and channel manager is the core of your operations. That's that's it's fundamental to allow you to grow your business. So a reliable platform, first and foremost, we have always focused on on doing that, and we will forego you know shiny new ideas or objects to ensure that this, the platform is always um, reliable. First and foremost, customer support is another one. Um, we we're always available um, to answer questions. I think especially as you're starting off in the in the industry, you know, and a lot of our customers are starting off. They're smaller operators. Um, they don't know everything, um, and that's that's true for our customers who have 400 plus properties. They still don't know everything. Um, so coming to us for guidance or questions and might might not even be related to our product. Um, is very common. And just being a sounding board, being helpful, really helps us to stand out. Um, I still have very close relationships with a lot of our early customers. Um, you know, I talk to them regularly and uh, it's an enjoyable process for me as well. Oh, that's great. And going back to you, Demi, so I know when we're looking at types of companies that we want to acquire, types of new features we want to be able to offer our clients, there's always sort of a discussion around build versus buy. So AirDNA's grown to, they were at what, 200 employees now. So a, a relatively large organization within the short-term rental space, especially uh, for uh, on the tech side. And with a lot of ability to add features and functionality and sort of build it ourselves. So when thinking about adding in the feature set that a company like Uplisting sort of adds, how did that sort of play into the thinking of sort of go ahead and building sort of a PMS Lite ourselves, or acquiring a company like Uplisting that sort of I mean, brings six years of development uh, to the table? Yeah, it's a great question and one that has come up for 
both of our acquisitions and kind of comes up whenever we're talking about M&A. But I would say very simply, my perspective is that we should build what we have the capability and kind of skill set to build well. And I think the PMS space, given how competitive it is, and given how important things like reliability, stability, excellent customer support are, it's not our core competency at AirDNA. It's not where AirDNA started. Our team is not deep in the PMS space. So looking for a company and a team that felt culturally aligned and like we could work really well together, but that has all of those things that we don't have, uh, felt like it was the right direction to go for this particular area of functionality. I think it's different when you think about kind of adjacent areas that still play into what our core competency is. And I think at AirDNA, of course, given what we do as a business, we're very well-versed in data, bringing in new data sets, data science, data engineering. So when I think about some of those use cases that are also operational use cases for short-term rental hosts, like revenue management, pricing recommendations, and that kind of thing, that's a place where the underlying data is very important and being able to have a high-quality algorithm is also critically important, and that's something that I think we can do really well and have been working on internally, as I mentioned before. Yeah, so maybe a follow-up there is in, around the specific sort of pain points, challenges you think we're going to be able to solve for customers by sort of the combined experience of both companies. So what do you think that sort of one plus one equals hopefully more than two is for the industry by bringing AirDNA and Uplisting together? I think I've certainly heard you talk about this on many podcasts with some of our other guests, but one of the things that stands out to me, or I guess a couple things, one is I think everybody wants their life to be as simple as possible. And right now in the short-term rental space, if you want to have a lot of technology that you use in your business to automate tasks, make your life easier, you have to go to a number of different vendors in order to get the suite of tools that you're going to use to operate your business. And by combining AirDNA and Uplisting, we're creating one umbrella with a bunch of the tools that you would need in order to operate your business with technology. And I think that simple, streamlined experience is something that people are looking for and they don't have it today. So you see a lot of people who have so many different components to their tech stack and I think it is a function of what's out there to serve all of the various needs more so than a conscious choice where they'd like to be going to each individual vendor. So that's one element of it. And the other is, I think the very exciting element in my mind is when we think about the part of the market where it's hosts that have a couple properties, say under five properties, I think it can be incredibly overwhelming when you look at some of the tools that are out there to help you manage those properties because some of those tools are very much intended for people who have 10 properties or 50 or 100 or 1,000. So you actually don't need all of the feature functionality that those tools are going to offer you, and you're probably not willing to pay the prices that are charged for platforms that are as robust as those are. So given how strong the relationship that we have is with those types of customers who are coming to AirDNA to understand, should I even get into short-term rental investing? Or I have one property, I'm kind of looking at buying a second property, but making a decision as to whether I should or shouldn't. We have existing relationships with so many of those customers who have small portfolios of properties. 
And one of the amazing opportunities that I see for the combined business is offering something for those customers that is simplified and meets the needs of a small operator rather than one of the larger ones. And that's not to say that there's not plenty of customers who can use the full feature set of uplisting, and we absolutely want to continue serving them. But I think there's an underserved part of the market in these smaller operations. So Vinny, that, that, that brings me back to you. So let's say we've got thousands of listeners on this podcast right now, most of whom probably don't use a PMS today. And now they're, they're hearing, oh, that's, that's interesting. AirDNA now is able to integrate a PMS into their solution. Why would anyone need a PMS? Like I've got, I'm, connect, I'm using Airbnb. I've got automated messaging. I've got pricing. I've got all these great tools that they offer. They're even offering smart locks now. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm feeling pretty good with what they're offering. Like, what? Why do I need uplisting? Yeah, great question. I think if you're if you're just on Airbnb, the, the argument that you've just stated is um, fairly valid. However, most people aren't. Just well, at least if you're, you know, you're. you're a property manager, or you're you're looking to to grow your business, um, you're gonna have to start thinking outside of Airbnb, um, at some point. So whether that's listing other channels, or if it's growing your portfolio of properties, um, you know whatever it is, you need to diversify and you know make the most of what's available to you. Distribution is very important, um, for a successful business. It's just the way it has to be. Um, so if you if you imagine manage, managing one property on Airbnb and VRBO and Booking.com, for example, it can be quite challenging. Just Simple things like ensuring your prices are correct. You know, they, all, they all have different commission structures, so you have to go in and set individual prices, and you have to maybe manage that on the spreadsheet to make sure that you're entering the right price on each each platform. You then have to make sure that the availability on each platform is accurate. So, you know, worst case scenario, you're going to get double booking, and you're going to get penalized for that. You're going to lose your superhost status, or you're going to get charged by Booking.com to, to relocate that um, that booking. You know, that alone pays for a significant chunk of a product management system, subscription fee or whatever it is. Um, so you have one property, it can be quite challenging across multiple platforms. If you multiply that by five or 10 or 500, um, it, it's really impossible to use not to use software like Uplisting. Uplisting solves so much of the of that just fundamental challenge around syncing of booking sites. Um, so like our customers, for example, are very rarely inside or very rarely on Airbnb or logging to booking.com. They do everything within Uplisting and Uplisting syncs out to each booking site. Uh, and then on top of those, that fundamental kind of uh, feature set, there's so much automation um, that we provide. And I think this this industry or the people who are in this industry are just obsessed with automation. I don't know if this is normal across all industries, but it's fascinating to see. So um, I think it stems from the fact that a lot of people do this as a side hustle initially, and they they don't have the time to be, you know, going and marking dates off on Airbnb or Verbo um, manually. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so software like Apple's thing just, you know, automates all of that process. We have um, automated guest messaging. As you mentioned, Airbnb has that, but none others none, none others do. And ours is more complex and flexible for you. So not just um, sending automated messages like a check-in message. You can do chasing messages or follow-up messages. And because we have so much functionality within Uplisting, so we have, um, you can verify a guest identity, for example, which Airbnb offer, but others don't. You can collect a security deposit. 
Um, you can sign a rental agreement um, within Uplisting. Uh, because that all of that's in Uplisting, then we can have triggers, like auto automated message triggers based on that. So for example, if a guest has not signed the rental agreement, um, you can have automated messages sent out you know, every day or every hour, whatever you, want to, whatever you want to do to avoid the need of you manually sending a message each time, which is just not going to work at scale. Um, then we have you know advanced reporting. Uh, we have a direct booking website, which is um, a one-click, click-and-play, basically, and we processed over uh, $65 million in, in bookings for our customers last year through uh, our direct booking platform. So lot, lots of um, benefit to using software like Uplisting. Yeah, and, and that maybe and triggers two more questions for me. One is, and obviously the, the book Direct Movement has really gained steam in recent years. There's now whole conferences sort of dedicated to yeah. book direct and uplisting has been a key part of that by being a, a PMS that provides the tools that uh, hosts need to be able to sort of create that offering. So, and if you were and talking with, which I'm sure you have and thousands of times, like a host on why they need a direct booking website. So what, what is that benefit? Does it really help? Does it move the needle? Does it, and what, what what benefit does it provide? Yeah, it, it all it, it depends on the the property type and the location and, and such. But um, direct bookings are effectively a way for you to earn ten plus percent, you know, ten percent plus um, on a booking that you don't if you if you're giving that booking to Airbnb or Booking.com or some other platform. And that's nothing against those platforms. I, I love Airbnb. I love all the platforms. So they're, they're a very key part of this market. Airbnb has built this market effectively. So you'll be, we can't live without them. Um, but you can optimize um, your, you know, as you're thinking about how you can maybe generate more revenue um, or own the guest a bit more than direct bookings is, is a, you know, a perfect way to do that. And it's, it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated either. I think sometimes when you think about building a website, taking payments, all of the above is can be quite daunting, but um, you know we provided a, a very simple solution, a simple solution for our customers to generate and and accept direct bookings um, quite easily. That's great. And you said, I think most people sort of use multiple channels if they're they're using uplisting, and that that was, and maybe that's the trigger point, right? Of someone moving from just using Airbnb directly to wanting to be on multiple channels and potentially just wanting to have a direct booking website is, is that really the, and for people thinking of like, all right, if, if I'm ready to have additional channels to accept bookings, I want to be on Verbo. I want to be on Google. I want to be on booking. That's really the main reason to start investigating a PMS and, and making your life that much easier to manage multiple channels. That, that's certainly a, yeah, a major draw to, to Uplisting. Yeah, just as you were saying that, Jamie, I think the, the themes that came to my mind around why folks would need a PMS is, one, around maximizing their revenue. So to Vinny's point, wanting to list on multiple channels as an example of how they would do that. Two, I would say valuing their time. All of the automation that they can do via something like an Uplisting versus spending that time managing those things manually, I think is a huge reason that people decide to purchase a PMS. And if they value their time above the monthly cost of a PMS solution, it is a great investment for them. And then the third one I think is guest experiences. 
which to some extent goes with the multiple channels, but something like a double booking is hugely impactful for someone running their business, terrible guest experience. And I think being able to avoid some of those potentially rare, but still catastrophic events is a, a great reason to have a tool that can help you uh, avoid those types of issues. That's great. Uh, and I know we're still sort of in the the early days of the AirDNA uplisting uh, merger, but either Vinny or, or Demi, you guys can take this one, but how should users of either uplisting or AirDNA expect sort of to see changes over the next few months to over the next year? Like, do you expect that they're going to see changes, see benefits, see non-benefits? Like, <laughs> I well, 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 what what should they expect if uh, you've got existing clients listening? They definitely should not expect to see non-benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not be that would that's not what we're here for. Yeah, I, I think from uplisting uplisting customers' perspective, um, you know, it's business as usual. Um, this like in terms of the merger in general and, and uplisting and AirDNA becoming one, I have. Absolutely no doubt that this is going to be extremely successful. It's going to be, I can, I can just see it. It's, it's like, I, I could be, lo I'm long in the tooth now in this industry that I've seen how things pan out and um, everything I've seen so far just shows me that it's going to be, it's going to be a perfect um, relationship going forward. No doubt at all about that. Our, our visions and our value, our, our values are very, you know, very closely aligned. So yeah, from, from our, from our perspective, from our customers, products um, will continue as normal, no changes, no, no negative changes. Um, and it can only get better. So there's there's a few examples of how um, this will take time, obviously, but how the RDNA data can be integrated into uplisting. And a lot of the challenges, our customers have lots of challenges around whether it's benchmarking, you know, how are they performing um, compared to competitors or the market in general, the property type, whatever it is, and having that information in uplisting is going to be incredibly beneficial, both for just our customers to understand how they're performing, as I mentioned, but also to a lot of our customers are property managers and they're, they have to report back to their clients and they have to show them and like, convince them that they're the right person for the job or the right company for the job. So again, providing that information, that data to them to show that, hey, this is, this is how we're performing compared to this other you know, competitor over here. We're doing, we're doing very well. We're in the top 10%. Whatever that will look like is, you know, there's, there's just so many, so many opportunities to, um, to benefit both products. I think I'm excited by the, by the prospect. And Demi, can you talk at all about sort of bringing the different cultures together? I know that each company has their set of core values, the things that they look out to and hoping that you see some alignment there. Absolutely. I'm going to quickly touch on your last question first, though. I absolutely echo Vinny's sentiment just about the optimism of the combination. I think just seeing the teams in the early days already working together gives me a ton of excitement about what's to come and completely agree. I think nobody should be alarmed and expect to see certainly any negative changes in the short term, but the positive development that will be unique and not an adjustment to an existing product that people are using is that we are going to be developing this lighter version of a PMS to serve the smaller operations in the industry. So that's going to be something that we're designing over the next couple months, and then we'll build uh, and release later in 2024. I was going to say next year, but it's actually 2024 already. So that is something that I would stay posted for. It's going to be really exciting when we have that kind of simplified solution that folks need when they're not operating 50 properties. Maybe they're operating two properties that will serve all of their needs at a price point that they can afford given the size of their business. 
And then to answer your other question about culture, that is something that I think so many people advise. Of course, we've been talking about M&A for ever since I joined AirDNA. That is the nature of private equity. And the advice that everybody gives is to not underestimate the challenge of bringing two teams and two cultures together. And I think to Vinny's point, one of the things that have, has made me particularly excited and opt optimistic about what we can do together is how easily it feels like the cultures and teams have meshed. So much so that um, a couple of the initial meetings that we've had already have been an all-hands meeting where the uplisting team shared insight into the uplisting customer base, what the product does, feature functionality, how they go, go about customer support, how they determine what goes onto the product roadmap, all of these kind of how do we operate our business, what are the things to know about it. And in that meeting, it felt like it was members of the AirDNA team who were presenting. And I hope that it felt the same way, vice versa, when the uplisting team was in their first AirDNA meeting. So I think it goes a really long way to just feel like everything comes together because friction points create time taken away from being able to move things forward. So I felt like it's very smooth so far. Of course, there are still things that we'll need to integrate and work out, but it really does feel like it's one team as far as the kind of sentiment, attitude, and all of that, which is awesome. That's great. So so moving into some of our wrapping up questions, um, Vinny, uh, you've been in the, the travel, tourism, short-term rental space for a while now. So what gets you excited about sort of where this sector's going sort of in maybe not just 2024, but the industry as a whole over the next couple of years? Oh, yeah. Um, I think like we're still, it's still, I'm not, I won't say early days, but it's still, you know, <laughs> there's still so, so much to do. Yeah. I think there's, you know, having these, have these conversations every now and again with somebody who's doing something that I haven't thought about. It's like, oh, that is so interesting. Like, how, how about that? I had a conversation with somebody recently, um, who's building like building multifamily units, like regular multifamily units, um, but has 10 kind of Airbnb properties, purpose-built short-term rental properties within like this, this kind of, I don't know, gray area or merging between, you know, traditional real estate maybe and kind of hospitality hotels and seeing how some of our customers are going from short-term rentals into motels and hotels and taking the short-term rental ethos into them. It's, it's just fascinating, I think. So lots to... Lots to learn, lots to see. I think there's, there's going to be many things that I'm not going to be able to predict um, happening over the next few years. And it's still, you know, there's still so much room for innovation. So I'd feel remiss if I didn't mention sort of AI and short-term rentals because mm -hmm. it, it's been such a hot topic, especially in the PMS space. It seems like there's some early wind sort of happening on how short-term rental management is sort of can get easier. I mean, you talked about automation. So yeah, and where where do you see that impacting short term rentals, and doesn't necessarily have to be in the PMS space? Um, yeah, well, I think there's there's lots of lots of room for AI in the PMS space, and like, I guess I can speak to what I know, especially um, you know, simple like automated messages or responding to yes is an, is an obvious one. The I think the challenge there is that you're you're in the hospitality business, so you have to like be hospitable. <laughs> so you know, I don't want to be talking to a robot all the time, but if if it's done in a way that's um, not obvious or you know seems personal, then that's all good. There's we have a lot of our customers have, you know, especially customers with big portfolios. There, there's lots of ways that AI can help, like um, analyzing the reviews, for example. So you know, if you have reviews from Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, whatever it is, um, and 
uh, it can potentially help you identify a cleaning team that you're using that is performing poorly or whatever it is, just to give it a data set and then say, you know, figure out, is there anything interesting here? Is, uh, yeah, so there's loads of room for uh, AI in, in the PMS space for sure. And then final question for you, Demi, you can, you can answer one of the others if you want, but I wanted to give you time to I mean, opine of sort of what to further expect from AirDNA in 2024. This is probably the last time for a while we'll we'll spend a podcast sort of talking about the company and ourselves, but wanted to give you sort of an opportunity to give our our listeners, our users, clients a sneak peek of what to expect uh, in the year ahead. Yeah, would not miss this opportunity. Um, a couple things come to mind. One, uh, kind of calling back to what I talked about at the beginning of this conversation, I think we are evolving through the workflow of the operator of a short-term rental. So AirDNA used to be very focused on market research, deciding what an attractive market might be for short-term rental investment and identifying a property and understanding how much it could earn. And actually, I should say it wasn't around identifying a property. It was more around understanding how much a property could earn. We now have the functionality that enables people to actually find properties for sale that might make great investment properties and to understand how much those for sale properties could earn as short-term rentals. And with uplisting and some of the work that we've also been building out internally around revenue management uh, based on our smart rates algorithm, we're really expanding into that operator part of the puzzle. And so I would hope that people are excited about further development in that category of host tools and host functionality in 2024. And then I would be remiss if I didn't also talk about our data. At the heart and soul of AirDNA is having industry-leading short-term rental data. And we continuously are always investing in making that the most accurate data that anyone can access in the market and continuing to be the go-to source for people trying to understand the industry trying to understand what's happening in their market. Uh, so we continue to invest in our data by putting resources into data science, into data engineering, bolstering our infrastructure to be able to make our data sources uh, and data feeds stable. Uh, so everyone can expect kind of more good stuff related to our data quality in 2024 as well. That's awesome. So final question for both of you. Uh, my our press team would kill me if I didn't ask one of the questions they gave me that were uh, from the fun section. So uh, I've picked one uh, and going to give both of you the opportunity to answer it. And Demi, since uh, Vinny's our guest, I'm going to have you go first. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Very kind. So Demi, what's one item you always take with you on a short-term rental stay? Gosh. I mean, I can think of all of my essential items that I take everywhere. Guess I'm going to have to go with Blistex. <laughs> For your frequent trips to Denver? <laughs> yes. The air is very dry. You need chapstick. <laughs> and like, what is, what is that? Yeah, Blistex. Um, chapstick brand. Uh, awesome. Yeah, my, my same answer. No. Um, <laughs> one is uh, <laughs> short-term metal. Okay, what do I normally take? I mean... Oh, I guess I mean it's so boring. My my laptop my, is always there with me. Um, I know you know what actually. My wife always finds this very funny, but I, I typically take uh, a very 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 long Ethernet cable wherever I go because I can't rely on the wet Wi-Fi somewhere. So I want to I want to be you know wired. Um, that's one thing. That's uh, yeah, we'll go with that. All right. Well, 
thank you guys so much for digging in with me on the questions I had around uplisting and sort of the future together. So Vinny, Demi, thank you so much. Vinny, how can people find out more about uplisting if they want to learn more? Yep. The best place is to go to our website, www.uplisting.io. Um, and I mentioned that we have great customer support. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on the, the chat widget that we have there or, or send us an email. Thanks, all. Thanks so much, Jamie. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Jamie. Bye. Thanks, Jamie.